This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way you can dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm here with Fred Stoller, actor and author. The book is Maybe We'll Have You Back, The Life of a Perennial TV Guest Star. And you've written a Kindle single. And have you written other stuff, too? Yeah. I, well, I, the Kindle single was about writing on Seinfeld for a season and how tumultuous. It was called My Seinfeld Year because, you know, like the... I can't hear you, but but oh, oh. here's your. But let's I can turn hear your headphones you. up. Okay, uh, is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. too loud? Ooh, is too, that good? Too crazy. Okay. okay. The, the, yeah, I've written things. Um, I wrote on Seinfeld, and it was kind of crazy and tumultuous. So, like I said, there was that movie, My Favorite Year, but this mm-hmm. wasn't that. So, <laughs> it was like the the single is like like an album, um, and the book is like no, no, the book's the the single was got the book. So just crazy adventures. I, I was on an animated show, Handy Manny. I wrote a few episodes. So I guess I've written things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I, I do some book signings and people ask questions. One of them went, do you think you want to write? Will you ever write? And I go, well, this is a book event. <laughs> so sometimes people get confused. And um, But yeah, it's, it was fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And so what was your year on Seinfeld like? It was... Um, well, the thing I, I say, and the thing is, it's it, it was a very successful show, as if you didn't know. So I think I've heard of it. So the idea wasn't to make Fred Stoller feel comfortable. They have a system that works. <laughs> that being said, it was maddening. My analogy is it's it's like a police station where everyone's trying to solve homicides, but mm-hmm. they're working on their own murder cases. So I was sort of on my own and – all these, like, guys, you know, I, I was just thrown in. It's not like the Rob Petrie, Dick Van Dyke, where you're around a writer's table, cracking up, high-fiving. It was very isolating, as you see from Curvy Enthusiasm. That's what Larry David's really like. So you have to walk on eggshells to bother him with an idea. And so it was, it was um, weird. I'm glad I got to be part of TV history, but I kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of my adult work experiences – have been rude awakenings, and, and I'm not talking about in show business now. I'm just talking about just working as an adult. Have been sort of rude awakenings in terms of how much I expect it'll just be fun people making jokes and hanging out together and teamwork and collaboration. And instead, it's really kind of isolating. Like when I worked at this magazine in New York, um, it was in. I worked in the music department, and it was so quiet, which is actually good when you're trying to write. Right. But, you know, if you wanted to ask someone a question, the person next to you, you'd email them. <laughs> and that's how they did everything. And then, like, oh. someone would, a band would write in saying, you know, I sent my CD to so-and-so, um, you know, and it, assuming you got it, too. And it's like, no, if you, you have to send your CD specifically to the person you want to listen to it, because no one talks to each other. Well, it's one extreme or the other. Some sitcoms are loud, aggressive writer's tables where I, I, I don't know how anyone could be a regular or a writer on Saturday Night Live. I mean, that sounds like I would just, if, if I'm around a table, like I said, of loud people, I withdraw. I can't take it. Or Seinfeld, 
world where there's the other extreme where Jerry and Larry were either editing, casting on the floor, and you can get a story approved until you had a Jerry Kramer, Lane, and uh, George story approved. So I would sometimes just nap in my office because they'd yell if you started writing if it wasn't approved. What are you doing? I didn't think that was good. What? You don't I, – I thought, you know, and I would try to tiptoe into other writers' offices. And I learned a lesson. If you have an idea, go right to the person who says yes or no. Don't ask other people. They go, no, that's not good. Then someone else would do it. Not that they would rip it off. Mm-hmm. So and, and speaking of email, it's uh, my book, uh, maybe we'll have you back, that you have there, I – um. <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating. I spoke three minutes to the, my editor in New York, and both my editor and my uh, book agent, you know they're there. They don't take phone calls, but they email back. People don't talk, and a lot of things get misconstrued. I've had friends mad at me with email tone. So like you said, people, yeah, they, yeah, I now, mean. Do you like the phone? Because you are, uh, how would you describe yourself? Are you shy? It depends. If someone breaks the ice, uh, I'm not so shy. But yeah, I can't. I'm not like John Cryer in the movie is going to charm you and, st- you know, like, you know, what a, you know, the guy. John Cryer, which movie? Well, didn't he go ducky and he jumped on a table? Pretty in pink. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not the type. Like if, so, if a girl doesn't like me, I go, yeah, you're right. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know how to work people. You know, someone, my, my, my not joke, but th- I learned how to get a girl to like you. She has to like you. You can't. <laughs> nothing works. It's same with an audition. It's things are predetermined. So if someone like you is receptive, I, I'm talkative. But if if someone has their arms folded mentality, either a job or a woman, I can't charm someone. So so basically, answering your question, I do like to say it's it's. I I, I thought of a joke. I would have been closer with my sister growing up if we had texting back then because (laughs) she is kind of shut off and and she only texts. She can't phone. But I wish my mother could do emailing texting because I have to make the obligatory call and I'm happy when it's voicemail. So in some ways I like it. But sometimes, you know, when you're working on someone with something, it's easier to get an email. But again, you want to... You're too tired. You want to talk. And so I, I, I just realized the dynamic with my book is just emailing and mm-hmm. people just seem to like it better. So I have to false. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when I'm tired, I would rather email than talk on the phone. Right. But when I'm tired, I would I don't always feel like texting. <laughs> you're, because, you're tired. Because, you don't want to talk, right. but it's too tired. And you just want to say. I'm tired. But you also want to get an instant, like like I said, some things are, yeah, conceptual. And then you only have the, the liberty of one at a time. And I've gotten people mad at me. I worked on this film because the tone is different. Mm-hmm. They they don't they misconstrue things. Or you could say something obnoxious, then go, oh, I didn't mean that. You know, on the phone, you could patch it up in the moment. I've right. Got, yeah. Right. Well, now, do you ever use the emoticon? What's the, that? Oh, that's the little sideways smiley face that makes me want to punch someone. <laughs> I had it, and I I had of a thing, but no, I it took me a while to realize that 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 moon half a moon with two things is meaning. Something that's a, that that's a big smile. Oh, isn't it half a moon with two? Th- I feel like Are you talking about a parenthesis or a capital D. No, no, a thing where there's two dots in the middle of it. Yeah, the, the colon. Yeah, are you talking about is it? A, are you talking about a face or are you talking about a punctuation? It's a, it's a th- yeah, it's a colon with two things in the middle. Like hey, there's a smile. I think yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so pathetic. If a woman does a thing, I I feel it means something. You know, uh, yeah, I, I I read into these dumb. Oh, well, things. usually they do. I mean, that's like a 
flirty email thing. But it's also it's like, hey, I'm making a joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you could do tone with with those things. <laughs> You know, oh, it's it's so pathetic. Like on Facebook, I say yes to everyone because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Or I'm trying to, you know, get people to like my book. But then there'll be some maniac. But sometimes I'll uh, I'll say yes to some woman in Pittsburgh. Then I and I'm upset that I see she's married. I don't even know who she is, and she doesn't live anywhere near me. Wait, and I do feel you mean let say down. Yes, like you say you, uh, you uh, accept her friend request. I accept too many. Pe- I, I yes, I I I guess I get afraid of let you know rejecting people because right. I don't like to be rejected. So sometimes it turns out out okay because hey, this guy asked advice about the da da da, and he, he was cool, or they. Bought the book, but sometimes they just chime in. I don't even know them on a post. Yeah, that's because you're a loser, Fred. Or, you know, they take these liberties and I don't know them or they're insulting other friends. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I sometimes feel let down when I go, oh, here's this pretty girl in Pittsburgh friending me. Ah, oh, she's married. Like, it didn't matter anyway. I didn't know her. Right. Right. You're saying right, but you know but, what I'm talking about. No, I, no, I do know what you're talking about. But I think that she wanted to be your friend because she's a fan of your work, right? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I have this irrational feeling of being let down. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? No, like, I can relate to that. Like, like jealous of someone you don't know. Yes. Yes. There's so many little songs and segments that this makes me think of, but we're not going to do them yet. Okay. Um, but I did want to talk about something, which is in your book, you talk about having – you say disdain slash envy for go-getters and because um, like you don't have that assertiveness thing. Yeah. Well, I also I also envy delusional people. <laughs> I, I, I'm too self-aware. I have these people. Well, I'm not like you. I'm confident. My stuff is great, but they never did anything and they're not in the trenches. I wish. Yeah. Then you're right. It took me a while to write because um, – like I was a schmuck. I would try my stuff out on everyone. That's not what they're looking for. Or that's not good. You're right. I love these people. Come who, my who shit these, is great. Who are these people who would tell you that's not what they're looking for? Quote unquote friends or <laughs> or I'd have I'd have this one friend. Why does everything you write about you being a loser or lonely? Can't you write? I write what they're looking for. Anime, robots, Comic-Con. And this guy never wrote anything, but he'd brag what a gritty writer he is. Mm-hmm. I I got – well, he's bragging. Tara, that's what they're looking for. Or, or just people – again, I wasn't brought up to trust my feelings. So even yeah. if I had a cold – or if – I hate when I do this, like – is that woman attractive? Like I like I'm showing a Facebook per- picture of a friend. Should I do I have the right to be not attracted to her? Or is, is that fa- there was a woman who liked me, and I'm not one of these guys on Seinfeld. She has a mole or with Howard Stern with the light. <laughs> who are these? Who am I to be that? But there was one woman. I thought she had like some peach fuzz under her chin. Some women when they're like 48 ish and and. And I had to have her come around a friend to validate, yeah, she does have some sideburns. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that is unsettling. Like, I didn't trust my own mm-hmm. feeling that that's weird and everything. But, oh, yeah, yeah. So growing up, I wasn't brought up to trust my feelings. So even as a stand-up comic, I was such a pain in the ass. I would try things out in the bar. Is this funny? I admire the guys. This is funny. I have a right to say this. Like, so with, with writing, I, I – it took me a while, and this is advice to writers out there. To be, oh, a cliche, write what you'd like to see or read rather than is this what they're looking for? Because if they're – like Quentin Tarantino said, if you create – if you say a they, you create a they. And if you think they're looking for hangover movies, by the time you get it done, that stuff will be over. So 
I fell victim to not feel as paralyzed with perfectionism. Finally, you get old, you go, hey, this is stuff I would like, and you just write. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the qu- well, but I don't think okay, I answered so I- your question. Oh, pishy, nervy people. Yeah. Sorry. Well, so you. Okay. Well, I, I envy. I, I took you on a different track. That's Sorry. okay. I, I envy delusional people because I'm too self-aware. Like, you know, these guys I know, they're fifty-something. They never did anything. They think they're going to be Kurt Cobain and stuff. Or, and and I envy them because what's the other alternative? A gun in your mouth? You know, I'm too self-aware and pushy, nervy people. Actually, my mother said something. She envies that. No, she resents them because she wishes she could be them. I wish I could be the guy. Yay! Uh, like when I did stand up, like if I bombed, I'd feel, oh, I, why should I take the money? Or I would get really ballsy, like I'm going to call these club owners up. Then I would bomb and go, yeah, you're right. I, I'm, yeah. So I envy those people that just go. Do you feel like if. Because I think there's this thing in this town. I feel like everyone walks around with this idea that, oh, if I just schmoozed more or just got myself out there more or did this more or that more, like things, doors would really be opening for me. And I don't know whether that's true or not. It's a lot of accidents. Yeah. A lot of like – one thing I, I – I, before Comic-Con was big, I went to one and I was at this Writers Guild mixer room and there were all these people with – Stickers, voiceover artists, and I thought of a sketch like the Desperate Convention, <laughs> where you go to a convention just to be desperate. Hey, here's my flaw, page, and this, and this, and the things. Whenever you're at a big, big event, it's almost things won't happen. It's opposed to randomly bumping to someone in a supermarket, or you know, it's like a party. It's hard to meet someone to date or get contacts if this is the place you're supposed to do it, yes. where it's supposed to happen. Yeah. So I, I think. People, yeah, yeah. I think it's just getting out there in little dribs and drabs. But yeah, it's the, the beating yourself up is not good. That I gotta push more. But there's a story in your book about Billy Crystal. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Which I thought was interesting because that is a moment where, and uh, I'll have you tell a story in a sec. But the thing about it is, you sort of I think beat yourself up in the story for being too assertive, and I didn't. I thought he came off at the dick. Well, that's another thing that's one of my problems is if I get shot down. So let's tell – just for the, for the listeners who don't know, can you tell them what happened? Yeah. Actually, make a long story short. When I first came to L.A., I was hanging at the Improv and it's scary coming to L.A., you know, because in New York you have your little niche, your people and it's different people every night at the Improv. You don't get the spots you used to. So Billy Crystal was there with a friend. And he had seen me do my act in New York. He goes, he's telling his friend, this guy's really funny. He's sick. He's demented. Are you going to go up? We'd like to see you. And in my head, I go, wow, new to L.A., Billy Crystal. But I couldn't get on because you can't get stage time. He goes, and I I was explaining, no, I'm not going to get on. And then I said, um, then I thought, okay, but he he knows Rob Reiner. I said, I have a a demo tape. Could I give you my uh, demo tape? Then he looks at me, he goes, you pushed it. And he walked away. And, you know, the cartoons when you shrink. <laughs> and uh, I told that story to Richard Belzer. He said, you should have said, push this, you lucky Jew. <laughs> but I don't know if, if – but the thing is, I think the dynamic, what we're trying to put uh, figure out is a lot of people would over say, I don't care, <laughs> you know, and I'll just go to the next guy with my demo tape. Right. It's a numbers my, game. <laughs> yeah. My my thing is I'll never oh, – I just stay in the back. When I wrote on Seinfeld, I'd, I didn't want to – get Larry and Jerry mad. I'd stay in the background. When I did stand-up comedy, all these comics would hit on waitresses. And I used to think, 
they're going to like me because my rap is I don't hit on them. I just am invisible. <laughs> so so they go, there's that guy that we – And but sometimes I was so full of shit. I'd go, I'm not like these other guys hitting on you. Aren't I great? I'm a regular guy. Almost like saying that's my rap is I have no rap. So <laughs> – yeah, so – and the same thing in high school. I got turned down by the ugliest girl and most guys would go, screw that. I thought if the, the ugliest one didn't want me, no one would want me. So others would just go, you know, start at the top. Yeah. I start at the bottom and give up. Did you actually like this ugly girl or did you just think you had a good shot? <laughs> I think I thought everyone else was out of my league. So she had like frizzy white hair like a grandmother, a pockmarked face. There might have been something I liked about her, but she goes, you're too skinny. Maybe I'll go out with you if you gain 15 pounds. So then wow. I made Judgmental. up. <laughs> then I made up. I had Rolling Stone tickets. She goes, I'll go with you. So I should have said, well, that, the heavy tickets, the 15 pounds. <laughs> but, uh, but back to Billy Crystal. Don't right. you think he, that was kind of him being I, a dick? I think so. Or do you think that you made a faux pas? Because it doesn't some, sound like you did. Some really. people say it was me, but I think it was he was. I think he was being a dick. Like, yeah. like I'm some guy. You you opened it up. It's uh, it's like you know a woman telling you a dirty joke. Hey, whatever. And then refusing to have sex. with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, maybe that's <laughs> Is that not really the same thing. Going? Yeah. Or they're going. Hey, <laughs> I I I, there, I once there was this woman who call, called me up on the first date going. I like licking balls. You know, I, that, this guy I met you through, I'd go down on him. He wouldn't go down on me. It was like medicine for him. I, mean, I, I go, oh, I'll do that. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. And then I make a pass. What's wrong with you? All right. That's not what Billy Crystal did, but but in the but in this, Yeah, in the same yeah. vein. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay. First date, she called you up and said all that? Yeah. I had um, met her at a rap party for some t- movie, and she was, was she like- an actress? She was. Now, I, 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 th- I thought I liked her because a civilian, you know, and she seemed attractive. And she said, you're cute, which was nice. But she was with a guy that was just recovering from cancer of the neck. And I go, don't flirt with me. This guy has cancer recovery. You know, that wasn't right. But I always thought she seemed nice. And That's the guy who wouldn't go down on her? Yeah, okay. <laughs> because his neck hurt. But, uh, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. So then somehow she tracked me down on Facebook. Again, good things on Facebook, not so good. <laughs> right. She goes, I'm not seeing so-and-so anymore. I, and she's really forward. So that's the thing. I like when women make it easy and bludgeon me, mm-hmm. but then they're kind of crazy. Yes. So... So then I'm on the phone. She goes, yeah. She's telling me all the problems with him. Yeah. Oh, man, I could get creative with the, the licking. I do the balls. Yeah. So I, I – you know, it's those things rationally. You know, this is f- – you curse on this, right? Oh, yeah. Fucking off. <clears throat> but at the same time, they're talking about licking balls. Right. And, ha- and, and, and how, you know, he wouldn't reciprocate and, you know. So, um, yeah. So then you made a pass at her and, and then she And she pushed got- me away. Wow. So she was really off. She, she, I had, she was like such a crazy stalker. She was friending all my friends. She didn't know. Then she, she, she was emailing me really mad. You bastard. It was my birthday and you didn't wish me a happy birthday. And I got another person on Facebook where they get, did you ever have anyone mad at you? Cause you, you're supposed to see on the side it's their birthday and you didn't wish them a birthday. Allison's Not look- that one specifically, but I have had things like that happen. 
Right. Like, not the birthday specifically, but yeah, the people who... We're supposed to give an insincere birthday wish because it's not really sincere because no. you're only saying happy birthday because it's flashed to the side. I know. And then when you go to their page and you see a zillion people but, saying happy birthday, I'm always like, should I do the happy birthday all caps or just happy B-Day? Yeah, or, with an explanation yeah, or happy birthday my, Debbie. Yeah. Right. How do I make my happy... Miss you, XOXO. How do I make my happy birthday stand out? Yes, yes. So it's sort of like, yeah, so that was, oh, yeah, we, we um, with this woman, with this date, we, um, I asked her what I thought was a simple question. Do you ever meet any women at work? I mean, guys at work. She goes, I'm there just to work. What about you? And I said, I'm always hoping I meet someone. I could be on a set, you know, oh, does she not have a, you know, I always have this hope that maybe I'm going to Cantor's and maybe online, someone will talk, you know. She goes, I can't date someone that's always looking for someone else. I said, I'm not looking for someone else. I just said, it's a desperation of thing. We always, you know, and then she gets out, she gets out of the car, she slams the door. She goes, go meet someone at Cantor's now. Cantor's <laughs> at home is a deli for right. people. So it, it's it's a lot of crazy women um have you been married before no i i you know what i'm learning hmm. I, I i'm a very honest guy but there's some things i may have to lie because you always go i'm me but people i've had women judging me who are in foreclosure they have three kids with bipolar husbands but they go you've never been married and they roll their eyes like they're <laughs> they're legit because they have had a kid but but they've gone back three times with the bipolar husband who they they restraining orders against. Yeah. So 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 now I go. Yeah, I was lived with a woman six years, but I haven't been married, or or any of that. Stuff. Yeah, because my downstairs tenant now goes. Have you ever lived with anyone? They're shaking their head, and every night they fight, but they're legit. <laughs> but you haven't lived with a woman. Not really. I had a long distance going back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. Do you? Are you picky? No, I'm I'm not picky like like I said where they hold the light. I'm who the hell am I? I I think I I think maybe you I'm didn't psychic. want to date a woman who had facial hair and sideburns. Uh, yeah, I I I just I I a lot. I wish you know as 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 they say as we said. I wish I could be delusional or nervy. I wish I could be one of these guys that does that overlooks things. I've I've had known people at awful. Marriages, and I said, "When did you know something was wrong?" Oh, when we moved in together, or three weeks before the wedding. You know what I mean? And I wish I could overlook things because I'd be with people. I don't mean mustaches and sideburns. I mean slamming doors. But no, I think I know what you mean because yeah. I said I've said a similar thing, which is I can't stay in a situation that is not good. Yeah. I mean, it takes me a while to sort of realize what's going on. But once I know, I can't just suppress the feeling that I'm not happy. And so it sounds like yeah, when something, sounds like you're just when it's hard a, for you to lie. Or when there's yellow lights. Um, when I met Kathy Griffin, and the, and the book was my one night stand with her. She saw I was drinking a beer. I'm not a drinker. She goes, he's a drinker. Yellow light. Proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. Well, I don't know if she said it twice, like Rain Man. But but I can't overlook flashing warnings. There's one woman, a very attractive, very attractive actress, and and I was trying to overlook the actress part, but she and she was nice. But and I used to say on paper she seems okay, but there were weird things where well besides nine cats and I love cats where. She went to a psychic thing, 
where how to talk to animals. <laughs> so, so everything at the farm got paired off with a different animal. She got paired off with a horse. Uh-huh. And and they said, okay, what did the horse say? She goes, I know this sounds weird, but he says he hates talk radio. <laughs> and the instructor said, that's brilliant because he hates when I put on NPR. And I, I'm listening to this going, if a horse could talk psychically, what would he say? I hate talk radio. He'd go, why do I have to shit in my bedroom? <laughs> why do they nail things to me? But you, but she would just talk. And when, when people are delusional, I just can't. Like the one woman show where she was talking like a film noir out of the side of her mouth. And <laughs> I can't pretend, you know what I'm saying? I wish I could be, honey, yes, that makes sense, that cooking book. But so she had all those projects that I get scared when people are delusional that I'm like that. And I can't pretend. I just go, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. I th- I think that's good that you can't hang with delusional people and be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of isolation. Um, but I, I, I'm. This is the only pre shtick. I'm. Your show's called Alice and Rosen. Is your new best friend? Now, am I your new best friend or the listeners? B- both of you, all okay, of you. Okay, because tomorrow, no, Wednesday, I have my first colonoscopy, and you, you- can pick me up. <laughs> I <laughs> no on my Facebook page I say I'm your new best friend but I won't help you move okay. and I'm gonna add and I won't drive you to your colonoscopy okay and pick me up because the guy's instructing me he goes your loved one um well you can't drive we'll pick you up and I go I don't have a loved one and he goes I, I didn't want to say anything but I, I figured that <laughs> and no he didn't say that but um it's uh, it's it's a good thing because in one way. It would be nice to have a loved one pick me up when I'm sick and can't drive. But they do this thing. I, I could show you the instructions. Did you ever hear what you got to do? You got to uh, drink. I mean, I know roughly, but you, you tell me. You got to. I got. Well, tonight is, is fun because I'm going to eat a lot of constipating, fun chicken parmesan stuff that sits in my stomach, cupcakes, and then tomorrow I fast. But I take this thing twice where. It cleans you out where you got to be by a toilet where it's insane. So what that's, is it? Well, that's why it's good to be um, – that's why it's uh, good to be by um, – live by myself. Living by yourself is good when you have diarrhea and – Oh. And uh, – Suprep bowel prep kit. The funny thing is from far away, the Suprep bowel prep kit, I thought it said something about Super Bowl. <laughs> OK. Wow. And now is this your highlighting or is this theirs? Theirs. Um, Let's see. So I could have Jello. I'll go to Cantor's and try to meet women for the drink. Ch- a lot of water. But there's this thing I take, and it makes it just cleans me out insanely. But uh, um, I'm trying to find the actual. You know. Oh, I, oh maybe it's not. A, oh yeah, I didn't bring it the instructions. That's okay. It's, I was it's just. It's just had, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's just some strong laxative or something. Yeah, where it cleans everything yeah. out. I had this friend of mine, this comic, and his friend's a gastro – how do you call it? Gastroenterologist? Yeah. So they grew up together. So he took a train to Philly. They spent the weekend playing racquetball, seeing movies. And then on Monday, he gave his friend the, the uh, colonoscopy. That's so weird where you have buddies, you're high-fiving, you're watching football, and then at the end, he looks up your ass. Right. That's weird. I hope you don't know your doctor. No. I met him once. Actually, I could have recommended I know peripherally a um, – I'm getting older. I can't think in words The that puts you out. The um, Anesthesiologist? Yes. But just even the guy I know peripherally 
just being there when I'm nude. Or, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. Is this your first colonoscopy? Yes, it is. Are you nervous? I, this is the sad thing. I'm actually excited. I'm excited because I like the fact that tomorrow – I like having a little celebration. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I found two people that drive me a couple and I'm going to treat them tonight. And, and it's going to be like a feast. And I kind of like that tomorrow I can't eat – or drink or do anything because in a way it's exciting because it's like no pressure to – if I have an audition, I don't have to do it. I can just nap all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a fun it's day like a get off. out of yeah. everything. Like tonight's fun and tomorrow is like – I went to this movie in, in uh, Vancouver in rain season and every day we were rained out for almost a month and I like that – there was there was nothing to do except nap, get a bite, see a movie, and channel surf. There wasn't the pressure to come up with ideas, to meet a woman, to get more work, because I was working. Yeah. So, yeah. Now— And I'm not nervous because the thing doesn't hurt the ass, they said. Oh, good. I don't want to um, shit on your shit, but here's what I'm wondering. Is it really— Oh, I don't want to make you second guess yourself. No, no. Well, that, but that, is it is it a bad idea to like load your system with all this food? Probably not a good idea because <laughs> it's all going to come out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a good. Then thought. again, maybe maybe since you can't eat it all tomorrow, you should. Yes, I, I think I you know whenever I have chicken parmesan, I'm always <laughs> the next day it sits in my stomach. So I thought. And I'm not hungry. But yeah, yeah, that's probably a good. And plus, I like my apartment, but the wall is really thin with um, the bathroom with the woman next door. So she'll, she, people hear and hear. So that's a, thank you for that point. Um, also, I, 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 I've been very disciplined where I found that I have high cholesterol. So I, I got rid of my gut mostly. So I haven't been eating a lot of fun stuff. No, I got you rid of pa- pizza and French fries and ice. I haven't been eating that like I should. Actually, yeah, but that's a good point. The more fun I have, the more fun tomorrow won't be. Well, I say go for it. <laughs> yeah, listen to Gary. Uh, I, I pitched a show called Who Wants to Pick Me Up from My Colonoscopy? And did it, did, how'd it no, go? No. <laughs> now, you mentioned the joy of being able to get out of auditions, which is something I relate to because I talk on here about um, hating stupid uh, auditions and general meetings you know, and all I, I of don't that. know about you, but I know when I'm wasting my time. Yes. Now, do you always go on them? Because for the very – I did something for the very first time, which is – I walked out of some. Okay. Talk. <clears throat> well, first of all um, – well, you have this nice creative thing. You get to be Alison Rosen. You're yourself. I – you, it, I had a few things that ruined me. I am so retarded. I finally learned ruined was one, <gasps> two syllables. Like oh, you can't say retarded? I'm that, sorry. No, 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 no. No, that's fine. That is so crazy. I always said ruined and people were laughing. And now uh, ruined. You oh, ruined it. Oh, my God. I, I wish we had just, video of You just face. found that out? No, I just talked about the fact that for years – Oh, this is so weird. I just talk- – I, I thought I was the only one. I just talked about the fact that for years I said ruined, one syllable. I, and then I did a voiceover and they're laughing. Week. And why are they laughing? Because you said ruined. It's, you ruined it. No, you, you ruined it. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. You know what's another thing? Hmm. Say, um, say, say the place by Venice where the pier is. Say, say that town. Santa Monica? It's Santa, isn't it? But people go Santa Monica. They don't say I think the I tea. say that. 
You say Santa Monica? No, I think I say Santa Monica. Me too, Santa Monica. But is yeah. it Santa Monica? Yeah, but that's for people okay. who are. Oh, because my sister would fastidious. say Santa Monica. So ruined. Okay, so. Wait, Fred, where do you. You know, in your uh, dresser? Oh, yeah. You know, you know the things that pull out where you put your, your socks and your underwear and such? What are those called? Drawers. Drawer, See, are has, they drawers? the New York version of it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, we're familiar with drawers, which is what we say because well, we're from out here, or the way you said it. But then Chris on the Thursday show said drawers. Drawers. <laughs> or something like that. I, well, people don't know. I'm from New York when I say dungarees. Do you know what dungarees are? Yeah, jeans. The, yeah, pants. People oh, wait, you say dungarees a, for, instead of saying jeans. jeans. Oh, but I'm, I think I'm catching up. But yeah, ruined. So now I'm, I'm okay. So basically, I had something not similar to having a cool show like you have. <laughs> no, it'd be fun. But where I had some creative things where it made it harder to go. I, I did an animation series for about uh, four seasons where you come in, you don't shave. That's another da- date I had. She cried because I didn't shave that. I didn't take her seriously. So don't cry. I know you do a video part. Um, <laughs> where, um, for like I said, first of all, I know when I'm wasting my time. These cattle calls, I, I, I got spoiled because I did a, a film that went to festivals. It wasn't in theaters, but it was so creatively fulfilling. What film was that? Called Fred and Vinny. It's a true story about I had an agoraphobic friend who lived vicariously through me, and he made me feel like I had the most exciting life <laughs> if I went to the video store or a post office. Uh-huh. Then he came out to stay with me. We went to film festivals. We won it. Then I, uh, I, I wrote on Handyman, and, and I did this? I had a dream where I had an action figure of uh, – so you come in and, and I start doing more voiceovers. Then I'm – to make less money, waiting an hour and a half to play a nebbish clerk. As you see in my book, I played a million clerks and they're, they're okay. And again, people at home want to kill me because, you know, if you work in a cubicle, but when you – it's about being creative. We forget. We're so hard up for validation in L.A., that we forget it's about enjoying ourselves. So yeah. then I wrote my Seinfeld year, the Kindle single, and then the book. So I, I, again, so I got spoiled with not spoiled, but just wanting to express myself. So some of these things, my analogy is, it's like picking an, a cousin up at the airport in rush hour traffic. It's something an errand you want to get over with. So the the parts I've done, which I've been the best at, like. Seinfeld, uh, Suddenly Susan, um, Scrubs, Raymond. They didn't have me audition because I am what I am. I'm just this weird man-child Jewish New York guy. So I just know I'm not going to be a, a rogue cop or a, you know, or a Yeah, or I mean, do you prepping. get sent out on stuff that is I, completely wrong for you? All the time where it's sort of like it's no sweat for the casting people to bring in 50 people yeah. and have us sitting there or the agent go, go, you never know. I know. So, <laughs> so basically, yeah, if you read my book, I know you read some of it, but um, you'll see that it, it's better than being a telemarketer and stuff. But it, some of these jobs, yeah, it's you're just hearing all the cast talking about their new houses and what they want at the Emmys or what they're going to bring and – and I'm there like the, the invisible maid, you know, walking on eggshells. So a lot of it is fun. But again, um, it's weird. I came to L.A. like 
25 years ago, and maybe 1% of the auditions would be, this is a dream. Most of them, again, like uh, the Zach Galifianakis, I'm not the philosopher, Donna Logue, <laughs> dude, rule number three with chicks, and he downs a whiskey, <laughs> a flask. I, I know. not you. No, I, I remember... I had this blind date with this woman from Austria, and she goes, explain what is funny. What is you? I don't understand. So I tried to explain. I'm a guy that's always off. Like, like if there's if I'm a bus driver, people are going to, wait a minute, that guy doesn't drive a bus. She goes, you should have confidence. You could drive bus if you want. So meaning, okay, but meaning um, a lot of guest spots, you don't want they don't want to distract and like on law and order i'm not going to be a butcher going yeah there's a lot of blacks who come in here i don't know i don't pay attention <laughs> and you know or just or a da like sam waterston mm-hmm. so i just uh yeah so again you're just waiting you know so uh, that's my spiel but, is your similar to hating oh, auditions y- yes i get sent out on stuff that on camera or off camera on camera okay Excuse me. Just kidding. Huh. No, it's like hosty stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, so I no, no, because I... off camera isn't as painful. But sometimes you're waiting in a room with everyone. Go, I drink your milkshake. All these voiceover guys going, right. Yeah, baby, and I'm just sitting there. They're talking. Regular guy talk about their house in Torrance, and yeah, the you know, and I just wait in the other room or run home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I get sent out on stuff where I just I. In my head, I already have an idea of who they're going to hire, uh-huh. and I'm right usually. And so I think I, this is not me. This is just going to be a waste of time. Why am I doing this? And and it's um, not negative. People go, oh, be positive. Go on to them. But you just know. But it's a weird thing because you don't want your agent to go, oh, she's not going on stuff. I'm putting right. her out there. So like I said, it's like doing an errand sometimes. Well, that So that, that actually just happened to me recently where I really felt like I really – like at what point do you get to choose the career that you want? Exactly. I, you know, and I really just – I just know in my gut that this you know, is it helps. wrong. Getting older helps because as I got older, my goal became not to do things that make me miserable. Yes. And cattle call auditions or being in rooms with annoying people. And to me, I like – you know something? Um, I was on hold for a sitcom and um, – but I was supposed to do Dr. Drew's show, which I did twice and, and loved it. And I was relieved that I got to do Dr. Drew for free and just talk. And we called my mother. It was crazy and fun. Then do a guest spot. Again, people out there listening, I love the work. It's No, no, no. But I'm saying, you know what I mean? It becomes yeah. about what you enjoy. You know, people in LA get so hard up for validation or they didn't even know what they, you know, so – Yes. So, yes, it becomes, like I was saying, how many of these auditions are a dream or sort of okay at best? Right. Sort of like, I write that, you know what I mean? And again, I'm not poo-pooing it because, you know, to be on set is great, but there comes a time when, well, that's happened with me with stand-up where I got to a point where I, I wasn't loving it and I thought, am I a sore loser? Am I lazy? And then I had to accept my heart fell out of it. Now I'm doing it again because of the book, a long story. But, but people go, how could you not do it? It's the ultimate. And yeah, so it's, where are they from? The people that say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's my schmucky voice, dude. You should do it. Uh, but but so you so you're getting to that point where you go, when's it about a dream? Yes. Yeah, and for me, it's like it's. <sighs> 
the thing I don't want to do is if I know for sure there's just no way I'm going to get like let's not there's no way I'm going to get this. This is completely wrong. It's not even about I don't know if I want to do it. Like but me, I think a southern a racist, a redneck chasing how to chase blacks with a stick. And if you see me, with, hey, get the blacks out of the area. I, they don't buy me chasing a cat with a stick. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, but thankfully, I said I mentioned my misgivings to my agent. Um, and he was like, if you're not feeling it, let's just pass on it. I was like, okay. That was so much Whoa. easier than I thought it would be. I but used... now I'm worried. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm worried that something cool. bad's going to happen. Some of them are cool. Some of them not cool. I, um, I used to make up jobs I had to get out of auditions because I can't say no. And if I had half the voiceover career I made up to get out of these on camera, I'd be Tom Kenny with a big house. <laughs> but But then it came a point where it's just like – I'm auditioning for Nebish number three of people I worked for before. Don't they know? Yeah. So, yeah, you get to a point you're too old to, yeah, yeah. you just say it doesn't feel right. Also, you say, um, I'm not at my best. If you're auditioning for something that doesn't feel right, you're going to look bad to these people because, let's say. Well, that, so here's the thing. The thing that was weird, though, about it was the people had contacted my agent f- about me. It wasn't, he didn't send me out for it. So then when I found that out, I was like, oh, this adds then a you, wrinkle because they do know who I am. But still. It doesn't always make sense. Yeah. I, I I had a woman request me for an audition. I go there. She goes, can you not do this with your New York accent? Because this takes place in San Francisco, by the way. And I wanted to say, oh, that's right. They made that new law. If you move from Brooklyn to San Francisco, you can't <laughs> yeah. work in a hotel. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've had people, you know. Yeah, I've had that thing. They're big fans of yours. Then you see a room with eighty-seven other big fans. So right. they could they could maybe want to meet you because they love the show. And does Adam really like that? You know, and just to get you know what I mean. <laughs> that is how many things start. Actually, yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Fred Stoller. Available now in the comedy album section of iTunes and on AllisonRosen.com. A special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend, live from the L.A. Podcast Festival with guests Greg Proops and Doug Benson. They give you the, they give you the receipt, they give you the receipt, a couple of dollars, two yeah. dimes, a like nickel, and a penny, give you and they change. shove it all at you like you're just supposed to take all that different right. information. Oh. Stick it in your wallet. Pouch. What's their question? This goes in my garbage wallet pocket immediately. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for giving me garbage wallet pocket stuff. <laughs> Could you throw it overhand at me and I could try to catch it with my garbage wallet pocket? <laughs> and if you had ever seen my old wallet, it was I had to embrace whatever the next thing was because I feel bad that I shit I on this segment. Now. The question is, do you also hate when this happens? Yeah, because you get too many things at once. It's <laughs> like being given a big yeah. basket of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm not ready for it all now. Yeah, it's like you're in porn and suddenly there's four dicks. What are you going to do with right. that? Right, right. It's like money bukkake. <laughs> and a receipt. Money bukkake? Did you really just say that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm still here with Fred Stoller. Hello. <laughs> I haven't been kicked out. So I wanted to ask you, 
you talked about um, not trusting your feelings, yes. which is something that I relate to so much. I feel like so much of therapy and of just kind of like my my project in life is learning I to trust need, the, the voice inside. I always need I, – I say I'm like a psychic who has great psychic abilities, but I have no confidence where – that's why I'm alone a lot. A gut tells me something's off about that woman, but I always need – evidence or if someone's an asshole, I always like when someone validates it. Yeah, he is a jerk. I never trust. Yeah. Yes. I, you are speaking my language. Um, but where does that come from for you, do you think? Um, uh, my mother, if you remember, he heard her on Dr. Drew, where I think when I was a kid, like I'd someone like uh, I'd say someone was a bully. Maybe it's you or maybe you started it. I'm sick. I, you're not sick or I'm sad. I'll give you something to cry about. So basically. What did she give you to cry about? She said, if you cry, I'll give you something. She warned me. Oh. So meaning you're not sad. You're not sick. Um. Those guys weren't bullies. Those guys aren't mean. Yeah. Uh, just don't trust your perceptions. Yes, yes. I mean, it got so bad sometimes where <clears throat> where sometimes perceptions, I wouldn't trust my eyesight. I I may have told this. No, I, I don't think I told this on Dr. Jew. Uh, long story short, I was, and I'm not bragging, I was in the Carrot Top movie. Who, I don't mean to mock him. He's a really good guy. But What's you, his real name? Scott Thompson, which was the guy from Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. So they had a thing where um, um, oh, he once told the story that he, Scott Thompson was gay and a guy thought it was him and he knocked on the door and it was a gay guy wanted to have sex with him with Carrot Top. But anyway, um, I saw as an actor with, well, I never had my name in the opening credits of the Carrot Top movie. And you see Fred Stola. And I said to someone, did that say my name? Like – yeah, you know, I'm so – yeah, it's crazy where sometimes I need someone to go, yeah, no, no, no. Or even with, even with the facial hair where I don't – if something's unsettling, I need someone to go, is that weird? Again, um, I know women have to do a lot, but, you know, like, um, yeah, where I go, is is that weird or is that, is that unattractive to you? So, yeah, it comes mm-hmm. from crazy childhood. Has it gotten better over the years? Much better. I um, I learned to uh, just, as I say, take a risk and fall on my own face. Not part, uh, one thing in the book was um, I was manipulated by a very uh, abusive acting coach who manipulated me. If I ever did an audition without her, I'll get written out. I will, I'll go right back to where I started. People prey on vulnerable people in L.A. She's like a pimp. Like yeah, a pimp she, and a yeah, and, and say, say, you know, you'll get rid of at a table read. And finally, I learned, you know, I'd rather fall on my face, suck, be mediocre, and, and you know, I think it became envying those delusional people. Like people go on, I wrote this, and finally, I said, you know, I, with women, I'm going to take the. Re- I learned I could get so much reassurance from a friend, and it doesn't change reality in iota. So yes. I, I, so I started like a you know a junkie one day at a time. Let me try to hold back an hour asking friends reassurance if I blew it with this audition or with this girl. Let me just try to 
Another one of my cliches, I love cliche while I made it up. It's mm-hmm. only something. It's only something if it's something, either mm-hmm. a job or because I've had people ask me advice. Go and then I said this with the guy or girl, or then but then they said, "Hey, I give you my stick," and I realized you can add things up. You know when something. So I stopped little by little trying to ask for reassurance or going over something that happened. Yes, I spent so many years overanalyzing things. And I think all of it. Yeah, but when I realize it doesn't change reality, and no. I order it happens. But do you think you know the reality? I, I think the reality is it's only something. If it's something, if you're analyzing it to death, it's not. It's not it. Right. So I finally that finally sunk into me. Yeah. Like a job, like I said, an audition or a woman that if if you're analyzing to death, it's not there. And you know, auditions. I finally learned to. Leave and rip it up and I go, oh, I forgot this. I didn't do that. So I think, yeah, trusting feelings, it's an, it's an, it's an ever-ending thing. Like I would like have – I had this annoying devil's advocate friend where I'd say this woman did that. She go, He goes, that's sweet. Oh, come on. So what? And finally I learned if something doesn't feel right to me, even the annoying friends that don't give me the validation because I'm such an asshole. What I used to do was – Call up this guy and tell him someone did something and, and he'd side with them and I'd get mad at him. But I go, Fred, you can't get mad at him for asking, you know. And one thing I learned about advice is we all know what we want to do and we want to hear someone tell us what we want to do. Yes. So it, a lot of the, again, a lot of progress, but I have a way to go because. There's a woman I think likes me and I have to like show her picture on Facebook. Do you think she's attractive? If I have to show the picture, maybe I'm not attractive if I need someone to validate it. Right. So uh, I'm not – yeah. So it, it, that is – you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is my apartment where I've been forever. I saw it and I go, this feels right. I want it rather than my usual way, you know, and don't – Beat yourself up if you do need advice. Some things we don't know, like which thing, uh, you know, device to get or mm-hmm. – but yeah. So you, you struggle with that oh too? Oh, my God. My friends have a word for it, Rosinate, which is where I just <laughs> – which is where I just – Do you get mad at them if they don't give you the validation you want or the advice you want? Um, yes. I don't, I don't do it as much anymore. Um, but yeah, I feel sort of – um, almost betrayed if if I walk away from that conversation more confused. But I feel like it, you should have known what I want, where where I was trying to go, or something like that. Doesn't it feel good when you go? I feel something, or you don't ask advice, or don't ruminate. Well, that's my new that's my new thing. It like, has been my new thing for a while now, but I feel like I'm getting especially good at it lately. Of just thinking. If I when if I open this up to a lot of people's opinions, it's just going to become more confusing. And just really quickly, like what what is it that I like? And these are things where there is no right or wrong. It's something like what color of. But something do you usually to get. have a gut feeling what feels right? No, and that's really? been the whole thing is learning is like trying to. Well, I think I do, but I think I so quickly push it aside and start to think about the other things. There have been things in my life where I instantly knew. Like I, I have said this before, but big things like what job to take or where to move or – Those are big things. Yeah, those th- – or where to go to college or like things like that were 
those are simple. It's the things that don't matter. It's the inconsequential <laughs> things that I will spend two hours trying to figure out, you know, what color notebook to get or like which Sonicare toothbrush to get. Although actually my fiance yesterday spent so much time trying to figure out which one, which I found validating because there are so many fucking toothbrushes. It's hard to figure out. But that was beside the point. The point was if it's inconsequential, then I – where I don't have a strong gut feeling, then I start – thinking, well, but this one's better, but maybe I am the kind of person who'd have a red thing and da-da-da. But that's weird. I don't have that word inconsequential. Maybe my perception is. Now, what helped me is finding someone like me, but more so annoying where you go, oh, am I like that? Where I feel like that's what's happening. <laughs> with me? I'm just kidding. Oh. I just took, I took a cheap shot. No, I, I like it. No one puts me down more than me. Okay. I, uh, but yeah, yeah. But it, it does help where someone, I go, oh, am I like that? Or, or you see going, what are you obsessing about? It It doesn't matter. Or stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So yes, yeah, so that helped me where I go, oh, my God. Yes. But wait, do you ha- usually have a strong gut feeling or no? Yes, yes, and but but then well, let's say with women, with a woman, if I'm not attracted, then but there's that other part. Well, Fred, well, you, I don't want you to be alone all the time, or what? Da, 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 what about you? Yeah, so so, but but then you try being with them, and if it doesn't feel right, it's always it turns out it's not physical attraction. It was something else when I try that I thought was a physical thing, but was really off. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Well, see, and I, I can relate to that and I feel like probably a lot of people can. There's that thing where if you're single for a while then you go, you're what's like, wrong with me? Yeah. I should try well, harder. Like, and why can't I ever like the nice person? And yes. then you make yourself like the nice person and you realize well they weren't really nice. They were crazy and right. it was actually I actually did have sort of a good instinct to want to stay away from them. Yes, it's a lot like uh being your own devil's advocate. I don't want to be one of these guys that I'm not that is always alone, which I am, or can't have. Am I one of these guys that wants what he can't have? I don't want to be that jerk. But then, yes. So, so you try. It's like an audition where, like we say, we know when we're wasting our time. But you want to prove you're trying. You don't want to. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So, I, go, I don't want people to go. You're not trying. I'll go on that thing, which we know we don't want to go on the date or the audition, right. just so people will go. Come on, man. You know, hey, this is what you, it is. I don't know. It's so I, hard. I just think you can't make yourself feel something you don't feel. And yeah. it, I don't know how often love grows out of, ugh, I went on this thing, but I didn't want to. Maybe it does, though. But I think that it usually, the whole, well, it feels fairly good. The you know, it's time. funny. Sometimes I beat myself up going, I don't want to be superficial if I'm not attracted. But then some of the women go, hey, I like you because you're like Jeff Goldblum, or I like that guy because he, we don't women do that. Everyone's superficial. So, to a yeah. And, there was arm hair. I could have it, but there was another woman with a lot of arm hair. So that's my thing. Oh, there was uh, one woman who likes me, and she has a little bit of a protruding chin. And the only reason that bothers me is I had an, an aunt who had a protruding chin and thought no one would want her. So she married a man who was borderline retarded and would pee off the roof and and roll on the floor for attention. So I feel I'm being melted if I'm with a lady with a big chin. Okay. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, I didn't think you had these issues. I thought you were uh... well, not that one, but, but <laughs> <laughs> not, um, not that specific, not that specific one. one. Right, but, but, but yeah, no. In general, I have a. Uh, I have all sorts of, of things. Now, is like your that, is yeah. your fiance like 
Does he listen to your obsessing and then really stick with it? Because someone would have to to be with me. So see, maybe with them. Yeah. I, see, one thing would happen is there was a woman, the one that got away. She she built me up. I want to like a, your manager, your your mother. I want to make up for the women that hurt you. Your acting coach. Then all of a sudden she goes, "You're too needy. I can't be your shrink, your mother, your manager." Well, she set up to. Thing so I think in my head I, I I think I drive people away being a needy pest so I try not to do that but you found someone well no I think I really try not to lay all that on him I think okay. you kind of have to and this is me talking to me sure no you have to be your own all those things so I think that because you know as well as I do that. Someone can say all the right things and that still doesn't – if it's coming from that needy place, yeah. it still doesn't really solve it. It doesn't like fill up that emptiness. You have to you have to be that for you. So you know, there have been a couple times where I've sort of put that energy on him and felt like, no, you don't get it or you're not saying the right thing. And then I've reeled it in myself just because I don't want to do that to him. Well, I hate to make it about the book, but maybe this could be – do you write and stuff? Yeah. It's very liberating writing because I, I said, okay, this may not be like a bestseller like Killing Bin Laden, but this is the quirky stuff I would like to read and people liked it. So to me, writing is the ultimate expression of, you know, that I have a right to say this, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. You know. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Oh, is that what we've been doing all along? <laughs> I've been getting validation. You do these things too. <laughs> Here's a, whole, Here's a whole bunch of people who do things and they wonder, is it just them or everyone? Tom Spain says, just me or everyone. I smell things before I use them, like milk and deodorant. Yeah, I do. I love this picking up a new book and smelling it. There you go. Yes, and toys, rubbery. So we, I do that too. Dan Dodge says, I hate horror movie trailers at the theater. If I wanted to see a scary movie, I would have bought a ticket to one. Yes, me too. That's because I don't like scary movies. But how is that a thing you do? Or it's just you do, that you do or think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You don't like seeing them either? No, but I don't like scary movies either. I didn't know you didn't like scary movies. No, my friends scare me for free all the time. Okay. I don't need to waste money on that shit. That's right. Okay. Jason Dix says, when my phone vibrates, I will press it against my ear to hear it buzz up close. I also like the ear massage. I have never done that. No. You, you know what I like? I like when, when you, what's the, the basket in, in the, uh, when you clean out on the computer? Um, Recycling. Bin. Oh, that sound when, I love it, that when sound. it crunches. <sighs> that is a good Orgasmic. sound. Orgasmic. It feels so good. <laughs> it is a good sound. Um, Rich Bryant says, when I'm in the bathroom and someone knocks, I never know what to say. Busy is too confrontational. <laughs> Hello is too inviting. Is that in his, uh, his house? No. I think oh. it's maybe in his workplace. I'm trying to think what I say. Someone's in here. I'm in here. That's what I say. Or just a minute. Yeah, hello. It's inviting. <laughs> like, come in. No, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think I would say just a minute. Yeah. Although there's a pro- we have a, a wee problem here in the bathroom here, which is you can think that you, in the the women's one you can think you've locked it, but you haven't really. So a couple times people have walked in on me, and then I always feel like I hope they don't think I left it unlocked on purpose. That is weird. <laughs> that, I don't think people would think that of you. That yeah, I don't seem yeah, that inviting, when, especially not when all of a sudden the door flies at them, which is me kicking the door. It's small in there, you can kick the door. Okay, Eric Foster says. 
Pretend I have psychic powers at traffic lights to make them turn green. No, I don't do that. No, no. I, I play weird games at traffic lights to, like, with my anxiety, like, spell things out on the radio. Oh, like how? Like, like for example, like, I'll put on, like, a book on tape, a cassette, um, um, a CD, and to force myself, like... I like. I'm going to spell out the word Fred. Finally, once we read F, I get an R. All right, I, I, that's crazy. Even these people getting scared. No, no, no. <laughs> I get that. I, mean, I, yeah, I play. I play weird games with anxiety. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like spell thing. I spell things in my head. Yeah. I know Doctor Drew would say it was OCD, and he's right. But yeah, just to at lights. Do you ever do the thing like? If I get there and the light is green, then it means this. Or if it's red and then it means this. Or I can't turn the radio off on that word. Not really. But coming here, I had <laughs> such anxiety crazy. about being late that I took – I ripped off a piece of paper, put it in the uh, clock so I couldn't see five <laughs> after three. And uh, and it's such irrational anxiety because I know this isn't the Tonight Show. Da-da-da-da. Here's Fred Stolwood. It starts at three. Right. But, and I, I beat myself up going, you took Highland and you – and this, and I know you're going to be nice and, and not yell at me, but there's still that irrational thing where I do curse at myself. At, yeah, and, um, yeah, but I'm relaxed now. You were so slightly late compared to – we've had people show up, what, 45, 50 minutes? Wow. And that has actually impacted the show because then it's like, well, now we have to make a shorter show. Um, but and do they at least call when they're that late? It's it's Usually. a mixed bag, or they'll but but like you, for instance, called me. My phone didn't ring, but I got the voicemail. You called me and emailed me with yeah. fifteen or twenty minutes to spare. Yeah, it's totally so not a thing. A, so so yeah. then to be three minutes late is totally a forgivable offense. Don't even worry about it. No, no, but, but I, I'm, I'm the same way. I I can't stand being late. Right. I would rather be early and sit in the parking lot, but I won't like go in. This sounds like a bit, which somewhere. I can't come up with a punchline, but let's say you're supposed to meet someone at the movie theater at 3, and they come 10 after. They go, you've been waiting long? You want to go, well, we s- 10 minutes, do the math. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Brian Holt says, I worry that baby wipes have spoiled me to just paper. I, I know really, many why? people like huh? that. I don't understand. He wipes with baby – you know what? Invest in these in the next couple of days. He wipes with baby wipes. And so now he's saying it spoiled him to just paper. There's less chafing. Oh, oh, it's more efficient. Oh, oh. Thomas Crane says, is it just me? When I hear the word topic, I think of toppings for dishes like pizza and ice cream. Yeah, it's That's just you. That's just him or maybe someone else but not us. Right. There's probably someone else but not. it's not us. Michael Fuller says, I often second-guess my use of ASAP in professional emails out of concern I'm coming off more demanding than I intend. Yes. I think about that often because ASAP sounds like stat, sounds like right now, when as really it just possible. means – Yeah, but it could be a casual oh. as soon as possible or it could mean like right this minute. Yeah, I, I understand but don't relate to it. But when you see ASAP, do you feel a sense of urgency? Yes. As okay. soon as possible. Jorge Vargas says, when running or cycling, I create elaborate third-person sports commentary in my head about my progress to pump myself up. I do stuff like that, not that one specifically. I've, I've done weird things where give myself a pep talk. Do you follow basketball? Uh, sometimes they do no. the thing. Sometimes they do the things where they go all the guys and and they do a huddle, an impromptu uh. huddle. I pretend I'm huddling with my friends, going, "This is what we got to do." 
When, now, when would you give yourself this kind of pep talk? When I when I realized something, I have an enlightenment. Like we got to do this, and it's almost like yeah, come on, da, 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 and they're putting their arms around each other. I find myself often in my head going on talk shows and talking about why I did this or that, or just whatever. This is my rant, and like I almost I'll catch myself in the in the middle of my segment on a talk show in my head. Before I'm even aware that that's what I do. It's, I don't think I've ever talked about that before. It's just like usually if something happens – maybe I have. If something happens where I didn't think – I didn't like the way this person did that. Like I remember it started when I was a kid and if I didn't like a teacher or something, then I'd imagine how I would be if I were a teacher. Uh-huh. And then I'd imagine going on a talk show talking about my teaching method. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. just me. I, I, I've had – yeah, stupid fantasies like Quentin Tarantino calling me up and I'm going, come on, this isn't you. <laughs> it's just someone doing an impression. No, I'm a big fan. I love the book. All right. Let me ask you a question, Quentin. That's not what he's talking about. I've done stupid fantasies. And what's your question for him usually? <sighs> who, which part, you know, something specific, like who is this guy or what? <laughs> <laughs> what movie or something? Because it, no, no, it's really me. I'm a fan. You shouldn't be just a nebbish. You should be a hitman in my movie. <laughs> I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm having a fantasy questioning Quentin Tarantino. Uh, and, and I'm being humiliated in my fantasy. It's a friend playing a prank, doing right. an impression of him. Wait, in your fantasy, that's your fear, though. But it really yes. is him, right? Yeah, but but I'm ner- in the fantasy. I'm very nervous right. that it could be a yeah. friend playing a prank. It's good. So I got to get very specific for when it happens <laughs> yeah. and practice. That's smart. Then you won't be taken by surprise. Yes, some guy laughing when it's not him. <laughs> um, well, Fred, thank you so 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 much for doing my show. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, we have a ringtone that is available, and it's also a segment that we do. I don't know if there's anyone that you want to tell this to. I don't have I don't have any uh, anyone right now. But let's hear hear this, which is the ringtone and the segment. Hey, hey, hey! Go fuck yourself. Yeah. So this is where we let people know what they can do. If there's anyone that you want to say that to, the the guy who played in my imagination the Quentin Tarantino tr- trick on me. That yes. Doesn't... He should fuck himself. That's right. I was going to apologize for something maybe I don't need to apologize for. Mm, go ahead. Some people go, hey, uh, you're talking about not liking work? That's the – who are you? Sometimes people get mad if I say one job on a show wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we all – but they're all good. But uh, you, you know what I was talking about earlier. I do. I feel like to that person we have something to say. Hey, hey. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I understand, though. There are people yeah. who feel like you, sh- well, people like mis- you should never say anything negative about showbiz. A- right, because it's the dream. And people misinterpret my book and my Kindle single thinking I'm complaining. I'm not. It's it's a lot of fun, quirky. Oh, who's he? I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this is my journey. I'm the guy that's been on like 70 sitcoms, never regular, and this is the toilets they've given me, the food, who was nice to me, who wasn't, what free stuff. So a lot of people get mad. They go, oh, so what is that a bit of regular? I'm not complaining. I'm telling my story, which going back to what we talked about, I never felt I had the right to do. Right. So that was my last word. You probably will let it out. No. No? We don't edit. Oh. Do we seem like people who edit? Give me a break. No, no, no. 
Well, thank you for being so nice. Thank you so much for doing my show. It was a pleasure having you on. And everyone should go out and get your book. Maybe we'll have you back. Life of a Perennial TV Guest Star. Um, and you know where you can get that? A number of places. But I would recommend Amazon. If you're going to go to Amazon, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, um, but it does help out the show. And also read your Kindle single, My Seinfeld Year. Right? That's, that's yes. That's name, right? It's, it's, right? I think it's okay. free if you're on Amazon Prime. I think they made it free for that. It's you click through my banner anyway. Your banner. Again, I always uh, look on your thing to see who's on. I, 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 I saw Bob Saget at a party, and he says hi. He was oh. so much fun on your show. He's so sweet. Oh, I could name drop Sarah Silverman's party. It was insane, the, the, the people there, but he's one of the nicest. So he, he said he had so much fun. So he says That's hi. That's so nice. Yes, yes, Tell yes. him I say hi at the yes. next Sarah Silverman party. All right. Who else was there? Sasha Barracone, Seth Rogen, um, Seth McFarlane. It was insane. It was just... Oh, my God. I, I enjoy talking to the guy who did Triumph, the uh, uh, insult dog. Mm. It was just star-studded madness. Um, uh, Parks and Rec, Amy Polar. Sedaris, I get mixed up, Polar. It was, what was the occasion? Was she has these party? rooftop parties. And, again, it was. Uh, I've been here a long time. That was. It's one of those parties you don't think of networking. It's, like, surreal. Like, Seth Rogen was actually very nice. And um, again, uh, big, big, big stars. So Saget is one of the coolest. This other woman who has a podcast uh, said, could you introduce me to him? I don't think she's a competition. That's who she wanted to meet. He was hanging out with Stamos, just seeing those two together at the party. Who's this woman with the podcast? Erin uh, McGathy. Uh, oh, she just started following me on Twitter, actually. Yeah, yeah, she's yes. cool. Um, no, I don't. I, I she, view her as um, she, she, a friend. She was a begging me. Friend. She was begging me to meet Bob Saget right in front of Johnny Knoxville, and he was, "That's cool. That's cool." So, uh, so yes, this is my name dropping crazy. But I loved. Uh, did you ever see Triumph the Insult Comic? Talk? I did. Yes, he was fun. Smigel, right? Yes, Robert Smigel was really cool, and. Well, I thought I learned a lesson because there were two people I thought were assholes from past things. And one of them wasn't, but one was, so I guess I don't have to change. <laughs> the, the, so, uh, <laughs> so one proved my point some more, and the other one was, wait a minute, I judged him. So, or, or did you, was he just having an off night where he was nice? Yeah, it could be. But he was when he's complimentary to me uh, about the book, then if you're complimentary, you get a pass for life. But uh but again, um I like I said I was listening to a lot of past episodes and it's funny because each one of yours goes on and some get serious with right away Jim Norton talking about sex abuse, sagget, the silliness, so Thank you. I hope I rate with those guys. You do. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. And thank you guys for listening. Um, oh, and just because uh, I brought it up before, but then I didn't finish with the hard sell. The Hey Go Fuck Yourself ringtone. Um, you can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the store. And um, I think that is it. If you would like to email us, it's A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCrolla.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Fred at Fred Stoller. Fred underscore Stoller. Oh. I took Fred Stoller by accident and can't get it back because I have a different email. So 
Fred underscore Stoller. Fred underscore Stoller. And you can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Digital.